Welcome to the Trigonometry Show, the show for practical shooters. Pistol, shotgun or rifle, bolt or semi-auto. If it has a trigger, we probably enjoy shooting and talking about them. I'm your host Kerry, and this show features regular guests talking about competitions and courses, reloading and unloading, tips, tricks and reviews, all focused around practical shooting in New Zealand. Many thanks to all our supporters and sponsors that help the show exist, but an extra special thanks to the Gear Locker, where you can find long range shooting and reloading accessories that you won't find anywhere else in New Zealand. Check them out at gearlocker.nz and make sure you tell them that we sent you. The original idea behind the, the for years, even before I was actually even, even shooting and still doing the DJ and production stuff, was I always wanted to do the idea of a radio show, which ultimately was a group of guys sitting around on couches talking about what they were passionate Man about. Shit. Yeah. Man shit. So uh, here we are. So um, quick introductions. I've got Brent here. I've got Chris here. I'll start with you, Brent. In regards to shooting, uh, how are you involved in the, the shooting community and industry? Uh, well, now, currently... We'll, we'll go probably into individual things individual a bit more, things. but just so people know who they're listening to for a So start. currently, so um, from Guns New Zealand, gunsnz.com. Um, yep, so we're a retailer, mainly internet-based. We have a shop in Rotorua. Um we have distributorships that we've picked up, which are mainly based around sporting use, so competition sporting use. Um, we leave on most of the hunting and that sort of thing to the guys that do that really well already. Yep. So, um, and that's sort of the, the guys that are involved are mainly got a background in competition shooting. Um, so we distribute uh, the pistols for STI and Team Foglio, a couple of the main brands for competition pistols, and all the holster rigs and then um, all the ARs and the newer stuff is now the shotguns to fit in so you can shoot everything from your pistol and three gun multi-gun and um, starting to look at some of the long range stuff now as well PRS that sort of thing as it gets more popular mm-hmm. mm. it certainly is and Chris um, well I'm the president for the Auckland Shooting Club so yeah um, we're well known in the media. We uh, we make the news. We don't read it. Is our motto. Um, and I've been shooting for my whole life, really. As uh, it's, uh, my dad introduced uh, our whole family, so it's a bit of a family sport and stuff like that for me. And and um, shot competitively pistol for quite a while. Um, now found a role in uh, developing the club, so that's really my full time role now. Is um, I guess passing that on. I, say paying it forward? I think I've asked you this before. There can't be many shooting clubs in New Zealand that actually have full-time people focusing on them. Um, I don't know. I if... think these committees and these people that devote a lot of their time. Of course. Um, and even my role as the president is a volunteer position. Mm. Yeah. Um, so my other role is... Um, uh, looks after developing the facility for the range and that sort of thing so that's my i guess you'd call paid role yeah is the development of the facility the land and that for the use of a shooting club but the the two roles sort of intertwine um and the um the role to get the president to get the club sort of established and that kind of thing is is um yeah, they just they, they just have a natural fit together to kind of get them going. But 
So you you said your father got you into shooting. Are you New Zealand born? Yeah, I'm from the Tron. From the Tron. From Hamilton. <laughs> where, where everyone grows yeah, up. Where like everyone shoots. <laughs> He's lucky everyone to have got out, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Out. That's why it grows so much. Yeah. Get lost in there. Yeah. It's, um, it's a great place. Yeah, but um, we were young. I mean, I have memories of shooting an air rifle down the the hall, our hall. You know, as kids, dad would, you know, my dad was a doctor um, and, um, and you know, busy and stuff like that. And he would, you know, entertain us by getting a potato, shoving matchsticks in it. Yeah. Putting that at the end of the hall. And we'd sit there with an air rifle with a telescopic scope on it, shooting the heads off them. Right. That's what we did. Yeah. For hours and hours and hours on end sort of thing. Um, <laughs> probably learning to read would have been <laughs> when we were kids. But, you know... <laughs> Those fundamental gun skills have you, come you in very handy. Chris, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, you picked I, it up later. Yeah, I did read one book. So um, the arms, but, the arms how code. to operate an ego. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ego. Yeah, but we used to, we, you know, we used to do that when we were kids. It's a family thing. So my brother and my sister, and we all shoot. I've got two brothers and a youngest and younger sister, we, and just my oldest brother and younger sister shoot. Yeah, and. Um, then we used to shoot in an uncle's farm, so we had access there. We did the whole DC sniper thing. I know it's politically incorrect, but oh, fuck it. Anyway, we used to lie at the back of a station wagon shooting stuff because it was comfortable, you know. Um, and um, yeah, so we did um, we did that. And then when we came to Auckland, because um, you know our family moved here, um, there just wasn't really anywhere to shoot, mm. and it was actually. My brother's friend's wife, <laughs> husband, who is Brent. <laughs> right, okay. Yep. yep. Who in, ended up taking us out to the club and got us into pistol shooting. So that's how I know Brent. So that was Auckland Pistol? Yeah, Auckland yep. Pistol Club. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you had been shooting out there for a while. Yeah. I'd not t- I must have been out there a couple of years. I don't know if it was that long, maybe two or three at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shooting sports. I mean, pistol shooting. It by the time you know I got involved and Chris got involved was was well established. Mm. But the action sports were really they were bedded down, but they were still uh, in their infancy and they kind of evolved quite quickly. By action sports, you mean like IPSC and yeah, IPSC. NRA? So, yeah, so action pistol, yeah, NRA's yep. action pistol, yep. and service pistol. Um, well, they were quite well bedded down, and they were they were very popular. Mm. Um, but then, you know, about the time we got involved, it really started changing. So Ipswich became, you know, um, became popular. But the, the the pistols that we were using evolved over the next sort of five or six years quite quite dramatically. Rapidly. They went yeah. from single stacks, and you know, red dots started appearing, and you know, compensators which had gone on forty five started going on to thirty eight supers, and and, you know, the whole sport started to ramp up and become a real sport from just sort of like um, uh, people just trying to improve what they had. It was like people were making these big leaps in different directions. Mm. So, yeah, so. Mm. And when that happens with those, the more action or the more practical shooting, did that get an influx of new shooters around that time as well? I mean, I'm just thinking sort of now with... In the last couple of years, where three gun, multi gun, and then in the bolt side of it, your PRS of the field shooting seems to have sort of been introduced and has gotten more people into it. Was it similar with pistol? Yeah, I, I, I think that it's definitely become more 
the this. Yeah. So, you know, I remember when I first started shooting, there was really only a couple of things to do. You either shot ICCF or you shot the action pistol, and um, ITSIC was kind of new. Mm. So the practical pistol or IPC was was kind of new and people were shooting, you know, the single stack guns and then it was a, a bit of an, a, uh, an evolution in the equipment as well at that time as well. So, you know, everybody was shooting single stack 45s mm. yep. and then someone put a compensator a on it. influence probably? Uh, no, no, because 45s were, I mean, yeah, historically 38 Supers were, you know, we're all chambered for 1911s, but um, in America, where you know the in North America, um, where IPSC and the other practical sort of sports were being shot, um, mainly 45s were being shot. Mm-hmm. So, and that that's probably, but they, I mean, 45s still exceptionally popular in the states, mainly because it's a carry gun, and that's mm-hmm. what yep. 45 is chambered in. So, um, but certainly the gear. I mean, I remember. Um, you, you know, all leather holsters mm. and, um, you know, iron sights and, and leather mag pouches and that type of thing. Yeah. And then, then you know, compensated guns, optics going on the guns, and then next you see all the, you know, high-capacity magazines, the double-stack guns, and then the all the equipment now. And, and even I think it's accelerated in the, in the last few years as people have seen mm. that there's, a niche for, you know, a left-handed this and a right-handed <laughs> mag thingy yep. multi-loader for your shotgun. And, and and I think people get are finding these things that um, there, but a lot of that gear wasn't around in the early days. Eh? It was just, no. it was quite basic. Um, and then you almost see a reversal back to <laughs> the, you know, when, when production and classic were brought back in to being popular was... Um, Almost like a return to the to the <laughs> to the old days. Yeah. yeah, I think like there wasn't a lot of divisions as well originally. No. So yeah. you know, if you put a compensator on your gun, where well, you had a single stack, and the double stack came out, they you know so, there was so um, <coughs> few improvements that you were doing on your guns, and there was so few choices for firearms that you you basically um, had only a couple of divisions, and then mm. sort of since the time we've been involved, you know, over thirty years, you, you've got. Um, Lots of divisions, and then you've got all the other complexities with, like Chris was explaining, like the, the changes in gear. I mean, I can remember like when Safariland brought out its first like speed holster, you know, front brake, no no front on it, and mm-hmm. and a trigger lock, you know, instead yep. of the the leather holsters with steel in them, you know, and it's mm-hmm. all these all these changes, and then yeah, you, you get something like that, and then everybody evolves it yep. to what it is today. Yeah, and I don't think there was uh, the the availability of a lot of gear and stuff. I mean, you know, with Guns NZ, there's just the access to mm. so much more stuff. And, you know, the the Typhoon shotgun, for instance, I mean, that would, if someone didn't bring it here, it wouldn't get here. Yeah. You know, same well, as Chris, like you kind shadow. of started that a little bit. Like, I know with your, you know, with the Action Guns and Supplies, like, well, no, that was before, like, before Chris came, there was there was a couple of guys doing it, like Daryl Mason and Ken Henderson. They they actually were, you know, a little business targeting um, mm. a shooting sport, but it kind of died off. And then you know when you know Chris had been shooting a while, he started doing that same thing. Like you know, as as a shooter, you know what 
you see a hole. Like, yeah. people need this stuff to yeah. grow the sport. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of picking up from other people that I've seen. I remember going back, because we do a lot of trade shoes. We do a lot of events. Like, we take our gear to the yep. events and we run demo guns. And, yep. But this is something I learned that was successful from when I was a young shooter looking at senior shooters. Like, they used to always take product to shows. Mm. And, and it wasn't... It's not so much that you're selling something, it's that you know that people want the gear for what they want to use it for, yep. and mm. and you know what gear they should be. You can't have everything, but you know what are the good choices, so you supply that into the market because there's a need. Well, and, and, and it's in an environment, especially if you're turning up to the shoots where people can sort of have it hands-on, they can actually use it. It's the We obviously had um, you know um, the shot expo on the weekend, and it's great because you've got so much stuff there, but obviously looking through a spotting scope inside an artificially lit hallway or rifle scopes is not where they're going to be used. So the only... I always think with a lot of stuff, like with us walking around interviewing people about the gear and everything, you get a list of all the features, but until you take something out, shoot it, you know, get it a little bit dirty, have to hands-on and everything, you never know exactly how well the thing's going to work or whether it's actually going to work for you. No, we yeah. run a lot. I mean, I try to use, use a lot of the product as much as I can myself because, I mean, you know, over the years, you, you tend to shoot certain um, divisions or styles of shooting, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, so there's gear that I ha- I know about, but I haven't really used that much. So <coughs> I'll, I'll take that and use it for a year or, or more until I'm comfortable and we've got uh, a lot of knowledge in the yep. company, and then I'll 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 change to another one. Because mm. like you know, for Chris mm. and I, I think like you know we've been if you're in in a sport thirty years and and you've you, you know you you got your successes, so now um, you can put that back in and grow the sport. So it's like we compete, but it's in, in some respects the competing's about participation mm-hmm. and involvement in the community, and that's what I compete for now is really to to, to try the gear and to um, enjoy the shooting. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's it's competition tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? yeah. I think you know you shortcut a lot of poor decisions. So, I mean, I've got the elephant's graveyard of holsters that I'm sure Brent does as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Covered just chocker with. Stuff yeah. that I never use anymore, and it was just, you know, things you wanted to try, and then think, hmm, okay, yeah, you know. And I, sometimes I get it back out, reminisce, and look at it, and then go, no, no, I remember why it went away. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> and and some of that stuff is yeah. just it helps shortcut some poor decisions. I think people go down. So, um, well, I, I mean, I like. I haven't, by comparison, I've been shooting very long, but I remember when I was looking at getting into pistol, I was like umming and ahhing, and I was looking at all sorts, I was looking at like a SIG, a 2D6 or something, because I was like, what the CLG, right, 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 I didn't, didn't know anything. Mm. But then talking to the guys at club, talking to you, it was just like, you know, the shadow is just going to be a reliable, it's going to work, you know, there's going to be that basically group of support around you that everyone was using it, we know. You can't go wrong with it. Start with the known, with the experience, what guys are using, and then after that, you can go and, because that's how products, you know, like Chris has brought, like we have brought new products into the market or products that were here that no one really appreciated. Mm. Um, and, and as a senior shooter, you can do that. But yeah, as a new shooter, or, you want to you want to um, climb on the back of others, you know, because yep. mm. they're happy for you to do that. Yeah. Mm. But everyone, you know, I mean, everyone has that that gun that they always imagined yeah. having or. And, and I was exactly the same when I started, 
you know, I was like, oh, I've got to get one of those like Smith and Wesson mm. blimmin semi-auto things and stuff. And, you know, nobody could talk me out of it. <laughs> I never actually bought one. I ended up with a 1911. But, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was something I saw in the gun digest. It was something, yep. you know, I had some pictures of. It's like, you know, the Lamborghini Contage. Yeah. You have it on your wall and you just think, one day I'm going to get one of those. And I, I think it's probably not the best thing to really drive. <laughs> probably not to drive, or probably not backing up, backing somewhere with you know. You're even not going to be able to tow a trailer with it. But, yeah. um, but the, you know, you 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 almost sort of need those things because people do have the the interest guns as of well. Course, of you course. know, there's, there's there's certainly competition, and at the club, you know, we've we've got to be mindful that not one thing fits all people mm. so you know the the um when someone says i want to get a b endorsement i want to get my pistol license they ask you a question why do you want that well there's only one right answer and that's yeah. to shoot competition yep no other right answer so people put that down not everybody shoots competition which is fine but um you know as a club we do offer a number of different types of competition because i think it's it it provides the option for people to look at a whole variety mm. of things to do. Um, but, I mean, I'm all for creating a range which is Plinker's Alley, is what I'd like to call it, yep. where it's just a whole bunch of bays, you have all these steel targets that spin around and they all self-set and all the rest of it. And I know myself I'd like that, just, you know, turn up to the range, I've only got 30 minutes, ping, 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 yep. <laughs> shoot everything, yep. spin it all around, do all these things, radio, pick up my gear and go. So also, know. like, as far as competition goes, I tell a lot of people, especially people that are coming in and they, uh, they're they asking about this type of gun or that type of gun, I'm like, well, actually, if if, if something floats your boat and um, you can use it, now there's a lot of pistols that they aren't going to be competitive but if somebody's got one and they enjoy shooting it and they want to bring it to a competition, sometimes it's about shooting the course of fire with it yeah, and yeah. enjoying that yeah. activity. I mean, I've seen some, um, I was down at Hokitika and, and, you know, all the guys shooting three-gun and they got these wonderful three-gun ARs that are all set up. Guy rocks out with this mint SLR. Right? Yeah. And he rocked that thing. Yep. There's another guy in our squad with, a, with a, an ECAT at AK. 47, right? Mm. And, and like, he, he just rocked that thing, and he was having a hell of a good time. We're all having a hell of a good yeah. time watching him, yep. you know, because they're classics, and you yep. see someone enjoy shooting them, and it doesn't matter where he comes first or last. The fact is he completed the course of fire, which is what that firearm was designed to do, mm. you know? Yeah, well, I had a, a Mini 14 because they had them on the A team. <laughs> <laughs> I've not used it for three guys. <laughs> But I, I think it's, like, we have a lot of people for the field shooting stuff, they sort of say, oh, I'm not sure about heading to a competition because I may not be that competitive, you know? I need to mm. get more practice or maybe my gear's not good enough. And you sort of say to them, well, competition is just sort of a way of structuring a day of shooting for you as well. If you approach it that way, then it can be a very, and is, and should be, a very social event. Yeah, and, and the ranking system, if you choose to, you can be competitive and want to push up there. Absolutely. Or you can use it as just a way of, of recording your improvement. Yeah. Or you don't need to worry about it, but you go shoot this event that somebody has organised for you because that's what a competition is. Yeah. I think with that, you know, I mean... Um, it's the same. Everyone goes through the same thing. I remember going to my first competition and thinking, oh, 
you know, I'm not good enough to do this. I can't shoot this properly. Mm. You know, it's just, um, I, what are people going to think? I'm going to get DQ'd or whatever the story is. And then you stick with it and eventually you realise actually no one's really watching you, just possibly the RO. Yeah. Everybody's thinking about what they're <laughs> going to do themselves. Yeah. You know, they might watch how you do it, but they're only interested in picking up some advantage that they're going to use themselves. And I liken it to um, to go to the gym, right? So, you know, I'm not the fittest guy in the world. I don't have the, like, athlete's body. And therefore, that's why you go to the gym is to actually get fit and to do those things. Mm. But you walk in there with a view like, I can't go here until I'm already in tip-top shape. Yeah. Well, how does that work? You know, you can't. So, and, and I just always think, like, everything comes back to IPSC anyway and a practical shooting or a shooting sense and think, no one's actually looking at me. In actual fact, they're probably I'm helping them to make feel good about themselves. <laughs> if I work out there, they go, oh, yeah, you know. But, you know, most people go about their things. They don't really kind of care. But I think yeah. it also, in a bigger sense, is there's a, there's a real... Not a danger, but I think a lot of people, and especially non non shooters, but even in the shooting community, it's easy to kind of think that a gun, that there is a gun owner kind of person, mm. and the diversity of the people who are involved in shooting, and the reason they're involved in shooting, and their backgrounds, and what mm. they do for their day jobs, and their everything is just so wide, you know. Yeah. All the way, obviously, to be fair, it's generally a, a sport that requires a bit of money, so yeah. you generally sort of got a certain level of of you know. People are generally employed to do this. Um, but, you know, you have doctors, lawyers, operations managers, tradespeople, this whole mm. wide gambit of it, but just mm. this common interest. And mm. and it's also a difference in their, in their attitude to life, their political interests, their, you know, it's all, it's diverse. This mm. idea that there's a, oh, you're a gun owner and you must therefore be this, I think it's just, it's, it's just, yeah. it's Permeate society, firearms yeah. just permeate society. And the yeah. use is like, mm. some people just not interested in shooting pistol some people just interested in hunting. Some people just interested in target shooting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, it's great. Mm. It's, it's diversity. Do you think, or have you noticed, and it's just something, like I was having a conversation with us a little bit over the shot uh, expo on the weekend, and even in comparison comparison to the Seeker show, is whether, see, obviously Auckland, we're a, little, we're a lot more urbanised. Maybe Wellington would be a similar situation as well. Do you think you have a more or a higher percentage of people who are just into the competition shooting up here versus the guys who are hunting as well? Is it something you've ever noticed a difference in the shooter up this way? I think a lot of the people in that in Auckland that go to ranges to shoot, it's you know it's easier to to get out for a day to a range mm. than it is to go out hunting. And I, I would probably go hunting just if I was rural based. Yep. I would probably hunt. Uh, as much as I would shoot on a range, maybe more, mm. you know. So yeah, I, th- accessibility I, 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 I think it is the accessibility. Mm. It's not, you know. <laughs> mm. So going back to the, the gear side of things as well, like there's now a lot more equipment about. It's it's more accessible. There's more stores bringing stuff and selling it as well. Is the is the cost to get involved with shooting more, less than when you guys would have first got involved? I would say it's there's definitely more options. I mean, you have divisions like production division, mm. um, and even even you know the, before there used to be sort of standard and open, and both of them were expensive. Yeah, and um, then production came along, and I think it really opened up the world to buy a gun that's off the shelf, 
where you go and the yep. cost of everything came down quite a bit. So for guys who don't really or haven't done a lot of personal shooting, production is basically meaning it's a off-the-shelf production-run firearm from the manufacturers. Yeah, there's a list. There's a list. There's that, a yeah. list that they say you can use one of these guns and, and you're not allowed to modify it heavily yeah. and you're allowed to do things. But, um, you know, whether it was a pistol thing, I think there's also similar divisions for service Every, rifle. And, and for PR, for rifle, everything. It's it's a division, so guys, I think, don't have to go and compete with the, the yeah. open. Got as much money as I want to throw yeah, at but it. but it's also, I think, it, it creates this lovely level playing field for competition. Mm. A lot of people mm. like to play in that, in that mm. arena where, you know, you, you know, for production you turn up and the, the gun is not modified and so you do your gun choice um, and then, you know, you have 15 rounds and it's all minor, scored minor. So so the, the, the scene is set for really the shooter to shine. Yep. Um, you know, if you're in open division, if you you turn up with a, a Glock that's been modified, you know, and then an off-the-shelf or a custom-built race gun, Mm. You know, there, there will be inherent problems. Yeah, a top shooter probably could rock all of them, mm. but an average shooter, there's going to be quite a difference in their performance. Mm. Yeah, but um, in production, not because mm. you know. Um, I th- I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, there's all they seem to be introducing more divisions. You know, as the shooting population gets older or yeah. things keep changing. Yeah. I mean, they have production. We're about to lead into a question about production optics. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Production <laughs> optics. Well, yeah, we got there. But, the, you know, I'm picking that is that they're trialling it. But the, the idea behind that is that it, 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 it creates an easy way to get into open division without going to the cost yeah you know you, you have an optic there for the guys whose eyesights aren't as good and i'm even finding myself harder and harder to get a really good sight picture not so bad if you're blazing at something close but once you're trying to shoot a steel plate at like 30 40 meters having that sharp front sight picture on the on the target is trickier whereas yeah. with a optic i don't have it there's just a single plane and you just you basically look at the target when the dot appears, mm. you're on. And, you know, so f- for me, I'm thinking, well, I shot op- open for a long time and, and and I really like it, but it's it's like a super high-maintenance girlfriend. You just, after a while, you just can't be bothered. <laughs> you know, you'd rather just get the, get the easy-going one. <laughs> So. But with some magnification, so you see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but a lot of these divisions, uh, I think, you know, pop up in the same, you know, Classic was fairly new a few years ago because yeah. people were looking for something that wasn't quite standard and it wasn't, you know, it was, it was not production, but you had to be the trigger or you did a few mm. things and... It's classic was a great was a great idea, and yeah. I think Ipswich like they brought it in. We, there wasn't really any talk of it. It just sort of appeared suddenly and became an instant hit because mm. it's a it's a great idea. Um, you know the production optics, unfortunately, you know they they jumped the hurdle, but they haven't landed yet. So mm. so no one's expecting them to trip, but they haven't landed. It's it's kind yeah. of not quite official. Mm. They've done the same thing with Ipswich Rifle for years now. We've had. You know, standard, which is iron sights, um, semi-auto rifle. I mean, uh, it's like who gets issued iron sights anymore? Mm. You know, it, not to say it should disappear, but at the same time, you jump straight into open rifle and do whatever you want. You can have two bipods on your gun. You can have two optics on your gun. We need a middle ground. Yeah. Um, 
and sometimes the politics, you know, they voted a new president this year, they kind of did that instead of sorting out divisions. Mm. It's like, come on, guys, you know, mm. the only reason you guys are around doing your politicking is because there's shooters here waiting for you to bring in divisions. Yeah. Mm. You know? No, I think it's also, I mean, I, I think also another thing in there is like um, PCC, pistol caliber carbine, which is also a result of technology changing. Mm. And I think the optics thing is a part as well as the price of those, a red dot or something has come down. So it becomes more common. It's more easy to put on there as well. Well, you can use them on all ranges. There's a lot yeah. of ranges that will let you run a pistol caliber AR or, yep. you know, or a um, carbine, you know, a mm. chassis. Um, but... Um, yeah, and suppressed. They run suppressed really well. Mm. Um, and, and in the States, they just embrace it. USPSA and, yep. um, they, and Three Go Nation, they just they rolled it straight out, mm. you know? Because as an aside, it's a, it's a funny thing, but I didn't, like, again, with my exposure to the pistol shooting, I really didn't realise that you could run a suppressed pistol in New Zealand as just a, as a thing. Well, until, until, until it all changed Auckland, to Auckland. Auckland yeah. Pistol Club with its noise problems, you yeah. know. Um, you want to live next to a pistol club, join the pistol club. Don't bitch about it. Yeah. Um, we run suppressed a lot now. Mm. You run, you turn up with a suppressor on your gun, you can shoot on any range you want. But, you know, we had a whisper competition last year where every range was running suppressed firearms and um, and, and we're going to do another one this year and it's going to be bigger and better. And, the, you know, you don't need you don't need to turn up with your gun. This year you'll be, you'll be able to turn up with yours. Right. Um, but we supplied all the firearms. We yeah, supplied okay. all yeah. the ammunition. Yep. So you just rock up and then you don't need your earmuffs all day. Like... Mm. Well, that, that was something that we found with obviously with uh, 22 LR shoots, which mm. run, um, you know, uh, uh, subsonic. A lot of guys are running suppressors on top of that. So you're having conversations with it. And it was great. I, I think it's important, though, to which we had with the article that was written about a lot of people back coming back saying, oh, now everyone's going to be wanting you to run subsonic suppressors. It's like, no, 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 I'm not suggesting for a moment that all shooting should be that way because a lot of shooting is not that quiet. It's the nature of firearms, what they do. It's a controlled explosion. There's going to be noise. Um, but at the same time, it's quite nice to run every now and then as something that's just, it's just different. different. It's a different yeah. option, different flavour as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah it's a I bit mean, like the Tupperware Cup. I mean, I didn't, yeah. like the, I didn't go to the first one and, I, and it was such a success. Uh, you know they run the ranges at night, mm. and um, and it's super. Like it's it's really interesting, and the way they do it is exceptionally smart. They run; they've got a very good way of running the ranges. Um, but it just puts in the simple. The shooting is actually quite, you know in the daylight it'd be, you know, almost boring because yep. it's so simple. But at night it's mm. perfect, yep. and um, and it's easy to run. But you you know you just get like a happy range. Like everyone's just. They finish the night and go like I'll be back next year, yeah. and the gear's going to get better. And yep. oh, yeah, mm. and that uh, you know another rig to build. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, but but, but it falls no off. No one ever said You know, in the yeah. dark, that's pointless. Right? <laughs> You're not uh, torch. Yeah, no. I need these night vision goggles. I need them. <laughs> <You're so laughs> get some get some Gen fours mm. at like thirty grand or sixty grand or whatever. They are. But, but Hamilton's been quite a good club for running those sorts of innovative things. They used to run the pin shoot, right? That was they awesome. did the pin shoot, you know, I mean, they have like... So what was a pin shoot? We used to shoot Some, bowling pins, right, so okay. it's like yep. going bowling with a handgun. Right. Two teams of three. Um, you do a wood chop where you just chop a piece of wood in half with people shooting at the middle <laughs> of it. They put out like a hundred bowling pins and you just had to, the team of three to shoot them over as fast as you could. And okay. 
Yeah, that yeah. sounds like it fun. Was, it, was, um, <laughs> it was a big day. Yeah. People used to turn up with hand cannons, basically, because they had an event called the um, uh, table, wasn't it? Like pin table or whatever. Yeah. And they had bowling pins set up on top of this steel table and you had to clear them off and so you know people turning up with these massive caliber right. guns sort of thinking well i'll be able to hit a strike if i hit the first I'll one hard enough. <laughs> it'll take the other ones off the table but you know i think those those well those events i think you know maybe it's just the the having the steel downrange in front of you now having the bowling pins with the hard plastic having the chance of ricochets and stuff like mm. that is what sort of um killed it but i mean it, it's no reason why it couldn't be resurrected with lemon foam rubber bowling mm, pins yeah. or whatever mm. i mean or substituted things or something there's, i think there's there's still room for um, <clears throat> literally fun events that are maybe yeah not a strict competition there's that will run all year round but, yeah but for an event once once a year or something that's just different and yeah. you know it's only you're only going to do it here because only yeah. those kooky guys do it that way yeah but it becomes a, a um yeah, a calendar event that they go and head off to. Yeah, we're always looking for something um, interesting. Um, you know, I was saying to you earlier how how we were putting on the police biathlon, mm. and so we looked at it and the logistics of it, and you've got to do a so many kilometre run, and then you've got to come back and shoot the pistol, then you run again, and then shoot the pistol, whatever, and. The logistics of it meant that you could only get about 36 people through in a day. Mm-hmm. Well, it just didn't even seem worth doing it for 36 people because we get more than that on the weekend yep. shooting. So, you know, now we're looking at a format for that that it's open to um, appeal to a wider audience. So it'll be a little bit like a, a, a confidence course meets shooting. Yep. So, you know, pick up the dummy, run down the hill, shoot the handgun portion, run through some tyres, you know, um, shoot the shotgun portion, run across the balance beam, shoot the rifle, sprint back up the hill, pick up the dummy and drop it back at the start mm. sort of mm. thing. And, you know, essentially it's a, it's a multi-gun stage. Yeah. But it incorporates in some physical characteristics to make it a little bit more challenging. Mm. And for the services, you know, they love that sort of stuff. I mean, they scale these walls and they crawl in through mud pits and yep. underneath barbed wire. And, I mean, that's that's their job, you know. I mean, we could probably get one where you've got to roll up a fire hose and do all sorts of things and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, to appeal to the wider things. But but that's the sort of thing. It's not It's not a competition per se that has been out there but yeah. it was our answer to being able to do you know um um i guess like a a, a sporting challenge that we could offer mm. that that loosely fitted with something that we did yep and i think it will actually be quite popular once we once we get out there the details get out there and um you know, it, it's going to be something that people will talk about after the shoot as well. Yep. You know, I mean, as opposed to, oh, I just ran like six kilometres and got five rounds out of a handgun. Mm. Um, it'll be like, oh, you know, there's a stage and then old the guy came off the tyres and, you know, munted the space open. <laughs> Crushed my kneecap you know, on the end, yeah. And then all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, more interesting to watch. Yeah. You know, it's kind of American handgunner meets American ninja. <laughs> yeah, American beast. Uh, the I, I, I think we've got enough. Like, there's, the, 
for at least I, what I see is a lot of the senior shooters looking for diversity. Yeah. So they they still they're still shooting a lot of the competitions or events that they have done in the past. They change divisions to keep the interest up. But then mm. these other um, types of events, you know, as a sport matures, um, you know, people are going, well, I could run this like mm. event, you know, or I could run that event, yep. or we could, you know, like the the walk with man or man, you know, it was. Mm. It was kind of brought down from Three Gun Nation, and they've run out several years now, and they're, they're massaging the way it's run. And like this year's one was with the repercharge, you know, people coming back in, earning their way to come back in, and right. actually coming in hot because they may have shot two or three times over in the repercharge. The yeah. other guys are standing there, you know, yeah, I won my first bout, but the next guy that comes in is already shot twice next yeah. door, and he's hot, you yeah. know. So, he's ready to go. Um, yeah, it's good. It's mm. good to see this diversity. Well, that's what I was saying over some of the, you hear, read a little bit about well, Three Gun Nation where it sits or the multi-gun and the PRS over in the States where it's almost becoming a combination of that and CrossFit now. Because mm. a lot of the, mm. uh, the the younger competitors as well who are getting into it are probably also like the guys who are off at the gym <coughs> and doing these other physical sports. So it all just ties up together for them. Mm. So something we were talking about um, earlier with with you, Chris, it was just something, you know, obviously the, the media is always a good one for representing certain angles and stuff on, on clubs, right? Mm. And we had a recent one with, with Auckland Shooting Club uh, that was in the news. I got sent the link a couple of times. Just to clarify for everyone, because it was even a confusion for me a little bit, what's the current status of the club? Um, I mean, from day one, we've been operating as per normal. Yeah. So I think that's probably the first thing is... <laughs> We and shoot, continue to do so. And we continue to shoot because <laughs> shooting is actually a, a permitted activity in the zone we're in. Yeah. And um, the media likes to portray, as I like to say, the good gun club versus the evil meditation centre because it's an interesting story, but it's an old one now. Yeah. It's been to court, it's been through various things, and and I think, you know, it... it it's 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 flogging a bit of a dead horse to try and get more mm. coverage out of it. But where where the story has come from was our consent allows us to build twelve ranges, an unlimited number of safety fences, to organise activities around shooting, and to move a thousand cubic meters of dirt. Yep. And so we did that. And we've, you know, we've basically moved some dirt around and the neighbours have sort of said, hey, you guys have moved more dirt than you're allowed to move. And so the council said, oh, we'll come and have a look. And they came and had a look and then they went away. <laughs> and this was before we opened. And, you know, nothing came of it. But, you know, as more and more complaints of the same thing, the council comes back and says, well, maybe you have exceeded your thousand cubic meters and we said well how do you figure that out because you haven't taken any surveys yeah you don't know what was there before this was a motocross club if you remember where the guy had already moved half of the stuff around before Mm. we even got there so you know what was the profile of the property before we started building ranges um and so the Probably very the, moundy if it was <coughs> mixing. Well, lots of mounds around the place. Lots the original of terrain, when you look at it, you can see why the ranges are constructed where they are because yeah. there was already a sort of hill already there yeah. and areas there. So we kind of made the use of that because it just doesn't make sense to 
completely build a mountain where there wasn't one there before because no. it coughed in the earthworks. So, you know, we, we disputed that we we had had moved that much, but, you know, it's like anything, it costs money to dispute stuff with the mm. council. So, you know, a better option for us is go, well, what do we need to do to keep moving forward? You need a resource consent. Yeah. So if you read the article, it basically says, you know, that they paint a picture saying, um, you know, um, the Good Gun Club has been um, stopped from doing any further expansion. Well, you know, I'll probably draw the word to expansion. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> um, and the second part is just, you know, and then it says, you know, until a resource consent has been granted. Yeah. So, you know, that's a process that we've got to go through. The council is overly cautious, you know, so it's taking a bit of time to get through. But it's it's not um, like all the resource consents. There's a number of questions that you need to go through. And once the answers have been answered, that's all you need to, to do. You're yeah. good to go. So, you know, we've got to work through that process. It is taking a, a bit of time. So... So they issued the first notice on the first property and and with the view to we don't want you to do any more there and they try to take it to the environment court and the environment court said, well, we can't ask them not to do anything because in actual fact it's a it's a farm. Yeah. You can build farm tracks on a farm. Yeah. Um, so sorry, you know, uh, evil meditation center, but you, you we can't grant you that. So um, so we built a farm track to the other property um, because remembering that the club, through its good nature, brought the land next to it, well, not the club, sorry, the owners, and brought the property next to us to do exactly what perhaps the meditation centre should have done, which is we want to have an area where we can have control over. Yeah. So, um, so we said, well, let's... Let's buy the separation that we need yeah. from neighbours. Form that buffer by owning it. Buy the land. Yeah. So so we went across there, and and you know the rules allow you to do a thousand cubic meters per year on each of your properties. Mm. So either one thing will happen, or the other thing will happen. A year will click over, and we'll be back into a thousand cubic yeah. meters on each property, or the resource consent will be granted. So. It really doesn't do much other than just delay it, which is, you know, the best they can hope for. And, but, and it's annoying for But in the meantime, shooters. I think, which is what I got asked at the show by a couple of people, which I don't know, you, you guys had a brief there. I don't know why they didn't oh, come around and ask you. But so you're still running. You're still shooting. Yeah. The applications for membership are still open. You're taking yeah. new members. Yeah. It's effectively from the club point of view, it's business as normal. It's running. It's just that some of the, the operating in the background, which – doesn't really affect them at the moment. The club at the moment no. is working through a process. <laughs> yeah, it's working through a process. And I would probably say to those people who aren't sure is probably don't don't believe what you read, probably mm. believe what you see. Yeah. So come out to the club and see that everybody's still shooting. We're yep. still actively running our matches on the weekends. You know, the only police cars I ever see come down the driveway are members. So, you know... Um, I mean, we've had, um, I think we ran the mini rifle, we promoted a mini rifle competition. Yep. And um, and the neighbours had automatically assumed it was going to be noisy, so they had called the noise control. 
<laughs> and so the noise control turned up, and as you know, mini rifle shot with twenty two. Well, you yeah, can hardly yeah, hear yeah, it, yeah, like yeah, yeah. from where you sit, where you park the car, <clears> and so they would have heard nothing and it would have gone away. But but even then, even with that, the 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 issue, you know, they make out that the issue is noise, and yet the continual stuff that they've been trying to to make stick is discharge, mm. is earthworks, is anything other than the actual issue. Mm. And if the actual issue was an issue, then we would be being served noise abatement well, that, notices. That's the thing. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and, you know, we're still, as I say, what our consent grants us is a thousand cubic metres of earth, is um, unlimited safety fences. Yeah. Um, and that. So ranges can be constructed out of safety fences. Mm. So, um, <laughs> hey, um, it's an option, but we'd prefer to build it in terms. <laughs> so hence we're waiting for the resource consent. But, you know, we've still got the ability to build 12 ranges out of safety fences if yeah. we want to. What's, what's crazy is that, you know, Auckland City in particular, yeah. New Zealand's biggest city, um, None of the councils are interested mm. in providing a facility for shooters. Yeah. They yep. are absolutely uninterested and they try to persuade existing clubs to just close up and move on. Do, do you know number-wise how many shooters are in Auckland? I mean, I know the numbers nationally thrown around, but... No, you've got half the population here. You could assume. Well, that's what I was saying to people on the weekends. We've got three times the population of well, Wellington. You look at you look at the number of people that went through the shot show, yeah. the shot expo. Yeah. Um, the first day had more people than the whole of the Seeker show. Yeah, which is two plus days. Mm. So, um, and as far as I was concerned, the Sunday was just as busy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah. I think shooting's pretty healthy in I mean, Auckland. Yeah, well, no I, doubt. No I doubt. think there's a lot of people who find there, who are shooters who find other options with through paintball and airsoft and yep. other things, who may not have a license but have found an outlet through another thing. But, um, you know, I mean, I jokingly was saying, oh, we should run an ad campaign, which is, you know, um, um, you know, my son everything he picks up and he doesn't get it from me I don't know where he gets it from but everything he picks up is a gun toy gun mm. so you know a stick a banana or whatever <laughs> well it's it's funny you say it's like I've got two little girls up there and a three and a half year old recently yeah same thing started picking up things going bang bang and pointing at people yeah and I think it's interesting because there is no way that she's learnt that off me no because of anyone who's a Generally, gun owners and stuff are probably some of the most nervous people yeah. at pointing a gun or anything that looks like a gun at somebody else because it just, especially pistol, it gets so drilled into us in yeah. the basic set. So she's picked it up through school or TV or something like that. And that, you know, she's picking up a, a gun as a weapon, not a gun as a sports yeah. item. Which well, I, well, I think we're going to see with, with um, the, the Auckland Shooting Club because of its diversity, like Waiuku. Pistol Club, which is a very diverse club because it has black powder and it has, you know, um, the the Hunters of Safari Club mm. or whatever. They have quite a lot, of, quite a diverse membership. Yeah, and that is a very successful club, and mm. like not just in terms of numbers, but actual use. Yeah, and but I think what um, you know what the Auckland Shooting Club brings is is not just a diversity of ranges for facilities, but you know the whole um, 
mean, Chris will, will explain this better than me, but when, when I look at it and I see the whole ethos behind the club, you know, the promotion of safety and mm. the whole community aspect of it, yeah. because that, that's what I think is going to make it exceptionally successful, not just the, the you know, shooters in Auckland will feel like they have a home, mm. regardless of what firearm they have, and they can go and use it as part of a community of like-minded people, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Which is what we don't have in Auckland. And yet, you know, councils like Tauranga Council with their tech park where they put all of the noisy sports and they're giving the community like a piece. Like, you know, here, you, mm. your firearms users, here's a piece of land, develop this in conjunction with other sports that have similar issues. Yeah. So that the community loves you and wants you, you yeah. know, be part of the community. Whereas, you know, what Chris is having to deal with now is, you know, Neighbours who who object, and and for whatever reason, um, a council who's unhelpful, mm. but there's no other options. It's either mm. you know when Auckland Pistol Club had its noise problems, the membership was driving from Wangarei to Talpo, you yeah. know, and all the ranges in between to try to 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 use um, facilities, and you know the council just doesn't care. Mm. They don't care at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would think just going back to your thing about numbers in Auckland, like what I was thinking about the other day, trying to be as conservative as possible. So everyone talks about this quarter of a million, 250,000 licensed owners. Mm. And, you know, Auckland having a population of almost 2 million is sort of, let's just say it's well over half, mm. but conservatively half. But it's not a rural zone, so you don't have quite as high penetration for firearm shooters. But let's yeah. just say that, you know, Half of two hundred and fifty thousand is still one hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah, but let's just say even super conservatively, you called it like sixty thousand, yeah. which is yeah. half of that. So sixty thousand people running around in Auckland with the firearms license. But let's say well, you're even more conservative than that and called it twenty thousand. Yeah, well, twenty thousand is still. Well, what people. club in Auckland well, has exactly. twenty thousand members? Exactly. That's right. You, yeah. So if you had a sports club <laughs> with twenty, a sports club playing. Beer pong, maybe not a bad example, but yeah. it was twenty thousand people strong. Mm. There would be something put into it. Yeah, be a well, national beer pong team or something. I think uh, you know. I mean, <laughs> for those people who feel it's a right to be offended at everything, um, there's there is still a majority of people who don't speak up. And it was said to me by a neighbour. So this is you know where the club is. I think all the neighbours hate us, but not really true. And one of the neighbours who came to one of our events, and we've got local community people who are members of the club. Mm. So it's a bit rich when they kind of say, oh, you know, the community hates you sort of thing, because it's not true, because we've got people who are all around us who are members. And one of them said, look, there's a, a vocal majority, but uh, sorry, a vocal, a vocal minority, minority, but a silent majority. Yeah. Who don't have a, an issue, yep. but they just don't get out there and make well, a big noise about that's it. That's the case that's in so many by, things in by life. Auckland, right? So yeah. Auckland Pistol Club, um, there's one person who complains. Mm. So yeah. you know the problems that's been going on for almost a couple of years now. There's only ever been one individual, not his family, but one individual mm. that complains. We've had supporting letters from people far and wide in the community. And virtually everyone in the street, all the neighbours, the direct neighbours that we talk to, they are all supportive and accepting of the fact that the club is there. 
And it has been so how, for a long time. How are those neighbours being overridden by the yep. fact that this new neighbour, because he's only new, mm. he would be the newest one in the street. Mm. In fact, there's a newer neighbour who's adjacent to him, um, and they don't mind us. Mm. So, you know, I don't understand where this equality comes from, where the council think that one voice overrides everyone else. Yes. It's just, it's, it's PC crap gone wrong. Yeah. And, uh, and as I said to the council, like, you go and pick on the most un-PC bunch in New Zealand. Mm. You know, apart from bikers, it's probably us. You know, because people just love to hate gun owners. Yeah. They, I don't but know, it, it, it comes smell down bad. to that. It's not like gun oil. Yeah. If your tin smells pretty good, actually. it is. It, it's, 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 what, it's what popular is. She's it's clean, it's solvent free, and therefore odorless. <laughs> It's, it, it's being it's it's what's popular at the time, you know. Like it, you see all these things, and the media is is a shocker for stereotyping. Of course, and, which goes back to this whole thing that a gun yeah. owner suddenly you go, you're a gun owner. Yeah, so you know you get stereotyped because the media always sort of portrays this thing. But not long ago, like I was saying to you before, is. You know, same would have been said if you said, oh, I was gay, everybody would be like, oh. But now, you know, yeah, we, you're good on you, mate. We're going to have, like, a parade for you and we're mm. going to celebrate it and we're going to get out there. Anybody who says anything bad about gay people, well, you're the bad ones now. And I just said, I can't wait for the day when the shooters are going to turn around and come out of the closet and say, I'm a shooter and I'm proud. And everyone's going, it's okay, man. We were always with you. Yeah. We loved you. <laughs> but that, that is the, that is an interesting thing for a lot of people it's almost the gun ownership or enjoying a sport enjoying shooting guns is almost like this stigma that people are a little bit you know you have two types you have yeah. the one kind of person I'll just tell you and they've got you know gun photos on the desk at work and everything but for a lot of people you run into unless you start having the conversation you don't realise that yeah they're into mm. hunting or they're into shooting mm. or they've always really wanted to get into shooting mm. but never known how or wanted well, to take that next step the, 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 I had one conversation with a family, you know, um, at the Shot Expo, little hmm. family. So, husband came over with his wife, and they got two little, you know, uh, bigger than toddlers, four or five, following along. Um, and he said, Would you explain to my wife, could you show my wife what an M16 would look like? And hmm. I said, Well, we've got lots of AR-15s on the wall. We've got some, you know, some uh, something that looks pretty traditional. It's pretty eight. It's pretty M sixteen looking in a sense. You <laughs> know, front sight, yeah. barrel, kind of <laughs> fixed handguard and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you know, in the sense, this is what they kind of look like. Yeah. And then I went through, you know, basically this is how it works. You know, gas tube, gas goes here, pushes this thing. They pop open like this. Um, you know, this one is semi-auto. You have to pull the trigger like that. Bang, bang, bang. Mm. Safety's here. You load it like that. But, and she's like, oh, it's really interesting. Okay. Mm. And uh, and I said, is, you know, is there anything else? And she, no, I just thought we were at a show and my husband shoots and hunts. But, you know, I'd always wondered what these things are. Mm. And now I know. She was happy as Larry. She just wanted mm. a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of knowledge. Uh, next year she'll be back and she'll be buying like a JP off it, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Him, yeah. Buying, buying them up, you know. Well, <laughs> but but there husband is, will be in. I just need something a bit faster. Yeah, no, he, yeah. was, he was eyeing up with shotguns. Oh, so okay, right, yeah. <laughs> But I think that I think there there is. It, it's like I don't understand it, so I don't like it. That's my start position. I I think that's it. I I say to a lot of people when they when they're talking about because it's there's. 
anti-gunners, mm. which you're never going to convince. Mm. They're so entrenched in what it is. But the vast majority of the population are not anti-gunners. They just don't know anything about guns. Yeah. And the exposure they've had has been through media, which has probably been movies, which has probably been games, which is that the only purpose of guns is to kill people. Mm. And, and if that's the starting point for people, then you can see from that point it, it's going to be negative. But as soon as you start explaining to people all the different sports. It's not just a sport. It's all different sports and how safe and all the protocols behind it. I love showing videos of, of like um, pistol shooting or three-gun shooting or multi-gun mm -hmm. and then pointing out, see that guy following that guy? Mm -hmm. up, the, up the thing that's called an RO and you explain what an RO and they're like, so you've got a guy breathing down your neck the whole time. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's, you know. Scrutiny, man. Yeah. You yeah. see on the roads. Like, you don't get <laughs> cop following you down. Right? You're yeah. down 51, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Pull your head in. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Get, your, get your foot off the gas. <laughs> like, if you're moving, foot off the gas. Yeah. It's like, take your hand on the trigger. <laughs> but, so that was, so with the show, because it was, I, I was wondering, like, when, I went to Big Boys Toys, I wrote an article about it, I went to Big Boys Toys with Stega, so I think it was one of the few times, not the only time they have ever had actual firearms there. And that was sort of an extreme of people walking by who just didn't understand, had never seen a real gun, were putting their fingers on the top of the barrels to see what size bore it was. Well, I think they were trying to figure out if it was like bigger than a BB size, right. or if there was a hole in the barrel or whatever, and it's like, oh, these are actually real guns. Yeah. With the um, Shot Expo, Obviously, the majority of people would know that there was guns are going to be there, right? It's a gun show. Were you finding a lot of people didn't realise that like pistols were available or that the amount of ARs were available? Or do you think most people coming along are pretty clued up as to what was available uh, I in the think, industry? I think most people associate like shooting and guns in New Zealand with hunting. Yeah. Like that's just the, they, they don't associate it with any sort of AR Sport stuff they don't, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. sporting it's there's no competition thing it's just hey we live in a country it's rural dad had one on the farm yep. we used to ride around on horses or whatever and and they just you know for a lot of people i think it's not a it's not a big deal if you're a, if you're a if you're a to say rural new zealander you wouldn't mm. think twice um well, as all my, like, one generation up or sideways from my family, they're all off the farm. Yeah. So you go have a family mm. catch-up once a year, and it's the conversation at guns comes up. I'm like, yeah, of course, we've got them locked up, locked up in the cupboard. Yeah. Uh, because we use them for pest eradication mm. or whatever it was. Yeah, so I think there's that, that instant association with, oh, okay, yeah, all the hunting gear here, all the things, yep. you can go on the hunting trips and stuff. And then... You know, oh, there's some interesting stuff. Oh, look, there's some, you know, guns. What is that for? Competition. Oh, well, that's new. I didn't know you compete mm. with them. But they do know that, well, maybe they don't realise, but New Zealand does really well in the shooting sports mm. and in the Commonwealth Games and, 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 that, and, and in the Olympics. Um, for the size of our population. <laughs> so I always think, so you could, there's sports, with it. yes, there's Olympic sports, yeah. there's Commonwealth sports right. that involve guns. I think next year that's something that we would change on our booth is um, we would um, provide a little bit more information about what some of the foreign types are, and that's more of an educational thing there. I think mm. that we, uh, you know, kind of been the first expo, and it is it had a very different persona than Seeker, yeah. So Seeker, what we found with Seeker is, is really a hunting show. Yeah. And so the first year we went... Which makes it? It's Seeker well, Foundation or Central... You know, yeah. it, it's, it's quite a big, you know, gun show. Yes. Right? So the first year we went to the second year, we changed the product lines quite a lot. 
Okay. So there were some things the second time we didn't take. We didn't take any pistols that next time. Right. Maybe a couple. But, you know, um, we didn't take a lot of the holster rigs and stuff that we used for three-gun and multi-gun and pistol. We didn't take any of that stuff. We concentrated more on your, your, your average shooter and your hunter especially because obviously the ARs and all the shotguns, um, there are a lot of pest control in New Zealand. Mm. Um, you know, I remember having this conversation with this guy saying, you know, this this competition gun, you know, automatically ejects your magazine when it's uh, when it's empty. And he's like, well, I shoot over helicopters, so I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, yeah. Well, I Good can tell you a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I think need a lot of bags for that one. So, you know, but this show... Uh, actually, next year we would have a lot more information on the stand, like you know, photos, probably video of three gun, mm. pistol, multi gun, so that the guys can actually stand and watch it. Because there were so many people that came and asked about the, you know, the the practical shooting. Yep. They wanted to know about three gun. Uh, they had an ECAD or something, and they wanted to know how to get into pistol shooting. Um, you always get a lot of people just coming and wanting to touch a pistol and actually yeah. look at them. Um, and that's great because, you know, down the track, especially like the kids, the kids might actually they see them and touch them on it in New Zealand. Mm. Um, so next year we would change that so that, you know, hopefully they'll actually like see that it's a sport and then yep. later on they can look at getting some context it. around that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, quite mm. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, on the whole, the thing that I've been getting from, from the show, and it was interesting with those numbers compared to, to Seeker, Taupo as well. But then you have to expect it because of the huge population. Well, I guess nobody knew, you know, it's a, we all, we all kind of hoped and quietly hoped that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. But the proof's in the pudding. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff. You know, people have to actually come to the show and pay money to come in the door. And maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they didn't see value in... But, you know, I think the numbers, I understand that, you know, most of the people I talked to anyway were exceptionally happy with what was there, and I think it's only going to get better. I mean, we'll certainly do more, um, you know, expand what we do, so we're even more interesting next year. Mm. Um, and we were just run ragged, and there's seven of us on the stand. And well, I kept on wandering around thinking, oh, I'll catch up for five minutes and do a quick video. Was with exceptionally you know, difficult. Like, that ain't going to happen. You know, lunch Which is, at three thirty or something. It was just we were just full on, and it was really good. It was people were interested in what we had. There was a lot of um, everybody was explaining all the different, not just of our products, but just generally like how ARs work. You know mm-hmm. how you can tune an AR with the different parts you can add on later, and you know um, what where you get your value from, and then shotguns as well because obviously shotgun looks like tube shotguns like the Breeders. I mean. You know, it looks looks like a shotgun until you flip it upside down, and you can yeah. see all of the relief cuts and all the parts that have been added in for three gun, mm-hmm. and explaining divisions. And we got all the guns here, right? So it's great. You can go, okay, right, yeah. Um, you know, I had a father and son, and I was explaining to them they want to get into pistol shooting, and so it was it was easy. It was like, well, they want to shoot three gun, multi gun, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go to the pistol first because it's easiest <laughs> to show the difference between. Mm-hmm production standard and you can see the evolution you're like mm. this gun's off the shelf right you know like chris saying it's a list it's approved that's it you know and then you go to standard it's like um v8 supercars you know it looks like a street car but under the under that that paint there is nothing standard yeah. about it mm-hmm. well that's standard division you know it's a race gun but without the red dot and the compensator mm. and then you got your open it's like formula one mm. you know yeah i think i think a lot of people see it and they see all the gear and stuff and they want to get into it it's almost like where's the starting step yeah like how do i 
take my first step towards it, you know, do I, you know, start with a license or do I start, you know, thing? And that's what was really good because mm. I, at Seeker, it was like personal New Zealand wasn't there. Uh, I had a lot of brochures and things, but this time it was like, I was like, Here's a pistol, they get it, they understand. by the time you talked about a couple of pistols, just quickly understand divisions. Yeah. And they get the difference. Then you show them like uh, you know, the, the the rifle and the shotgun component, and then you say, Now if you if you want this, go and see Auckland Shooting Club mm. and they're gonna they've got an introductory course. If you don't have your A license, they'll take you from there right through to your B and E and get your competition shooting or whatever you want to do. Yeah. And so it's great. It was great to have them there. It was just like having the police here. You know, got any questions? You can mm. say drop into the booth. The arms officers there. Yeah. And talk about licensing and stuff. Everybody, because everything was there. Mm. It's, yep. it's a it's, it's a big deal. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like like one of the longer term visions that we've got is to help get people through that difficult period of getting your license. Mm. So we've we've got a um, what we're calling a safety and proficiency course this is for people who don't have a license and it's designed so right, right at the not even an a we're talking about not even even yeah. a so you yeah. kind of go i want to get into shooting where do i start well yeah. this is the course and it's designed for you to turn up for you to learn you know the seven basic rules out of the arms code yep for you to talk talk them through and some of the tricky things like you know you see some a deer run over the hill or should you just fire a shot over the top of the hill you know, Wait, anything? <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you just I, yeah, yeah. you talk through some of the you talk through some of the but security. But explain that it's going to go for another kilometre up, people may not realise that. Exactly, you know, they, they yeah. go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, now I understand why that yeah. rule is there. So yeah. talk through some of that, give them a bit of hands on, like you know, shoot a bolt action twenty two rifle something, um, and then it's like right, next step from here is. You know, we've given you some theory. Mm. You know, you've got the arms code. We've talked through some of the stuff. Um, you know, next step is the license. And and I know that the police are looking at, at re- redoing their whole, rejigging their whole licensing thing. But one of the things that I talked to the vetting officer about, uh, a vetting officer who came to vet me, um, and I said, well, you guys driving all over the place, that must take a lot of time. Why don't you just have an office and everybody mm. comes to you and you just mm. set up your, right, you're at 8, you're at 9, you're at 10, yep. you're at 11, and then you'd get through, you know, 8 a day or 10 a day or 20 a day mm. or whatever. The only benefit to them going to your house is they get to see your environment. True, yeah. You know, I, All the big flags on my wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just turn it down. I, I think that, that's, yeah, I, I think, like, the interviews is a good idea. Yeah. And, in fact, they could possibly do um, the other people um, well, like well, that, and maybe you at home. So, yeah. You know, so you can, well, what we are thinking. But, but at the same time, it, on the flip side as well, anyone who's prepared to go out to a club and to have a basic safety training or anything before they even apply for a license mm. is already also indicating, you know, that would be the flip side if you get vetted at home, whatever it is, to be able to say, well, I've already attended yes. this, this course at Auckland Shooting Club. I'm going back because I wanted some extra training before I even applied. Yeah. There's just got to be a giant tick right there. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I mean, that it's it's a it's a benefit to the what they've got now as a system, whereas somebody comes straight in and goes, I never picked up a gun before. No. I don't know the first thing about guns. I'll go to a lecture. Someone tells me about guns. I'll guess my way through this multi-choice thing. You come to my house, talk to my family. I'll show you the cupboard. I'm going to lock it all up. Mm. And then I'm going to go out and buy myself, like, you know, 
a massive like arsenal collection of things i don't really know what they to don't do even go buy a 50 bmg yeah and and that's right and then it's thinking well yeah it would have been quite good if the person that it, you know and then where do they go and shoot them yeah you know that's the other thing whereas the 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 thing is if you can if you can find a starting point because i think i think there is a lot of people who'd like to get into the sport they just don't know how mm. where the especially first women like the yeah. number of women that you introduce to shooting um, and they just take to it. They just they they've never been introduced. And once yeah. they are, they there's so much they like about it. So yeah. yeah, I would say probably I would of the people I've introduced, the women that have actually been introduced, you probably see a high percentage of those. You know. Mm. Staying in the sport, yeah. at yep. least going through because uh, we can, you know. So there's a there's a almost an opportunity there, mm. you know, with those introductory courses. It's gonna be a busy man for many years, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll maybe, maybe we'll have to hire a new president, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll continue working. On Pres- president assist. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, I mean, we've sort of ticked off. The question I had down was sort of ticked off in the conversation anyway. The, the last thing to cover off, because, you know, we're all gear fiends anyway, you were lucky enough to head off to SHOT Show as well. Mm. What were the coolest and greatest toys that mm. you came back? That, my caveat with that, that we will likely at some point see in New Zealand. Because <laughs> I, I had a long conversation <laughs> with Frank recently from Sniper's Hide, and I said yeah. to him, it's all cool us talking about, and I'm going to catch up 6.5, guys. It's, it's all cool us talking about all these cool things. But down here in New Zealand, we may not see some of these things yeah. that ever get here. So but One of the issues that we have at SHOT Show is a bad thing, is that obviously we need to do all our um, all the companies that we represent yeah. here justice. So, you know, I'm sitting, like, we, we, we're lucky we get to go to industry day, so we get to yep. shoot a lot. So we make sure the first thing we do is get to all, you know, it's like 40 rangers mm. and with um, some of them have got two companies on them. And, yep. and You've got all the dealers out there that afternoon. It's pretty busy. We head straight to the booth set um, that we've got companies, you know, CMMG or something or STI pistols and yep. see what's new. And then um, then we, you know, after that we try to fill in. But that's it's like a half day that you're just rushing around. Then the other the next four days, basically I book meetings for, for our dealers like every second hour. So mm. because when you – the first year when I went and booked them – you know, it was pretty obvious that, that once you finished a meeting, an hour to get from where you are to where you're going, you could walk it in less than 10 minutes, but you can't because there's so much so product, much stuff, two yeah. and a half thousand exhibitors, you're going to walk past 10 things you want to stop and talk about. <laughs> um, and so an hour is about right. Yeah. And, you know, but I think like this, by the end of the second day, we had had something like 12, 13 hours of meetings mm. on those two days, actually trying to find new products unless it's... Um, you know, it's actually like we allowed the the Friday just to walk around, just to walk around literally and look for stuff. But there's just so much. So, much. so yeah. So for me, some of the uh, nice little pistol that's coming out, the Hudson um, Striker fired. Uh, what they've done is um, they kind of crossed a 1911 with a kind of Striker fired gun. So it's mm. steel framed. Kind of looks like a 1911. Mm-hmm. They've moved the the recoil spring system right down so it's right in front of the trigger guard so it's really short it drops the whole bore axis about an inch 
So you've got, it's quite unique. Also, the, the striker mechanism, the trigger slides, and it's kind of pivoted from the bottom of the trigger, the little mechanism, safety mechanism. So it's quite, um, it's actually a very handsome looking gun. Like, it's it looks good. It actually shoots really nice. It's mm. It's got a very nice recoil because it's just so slow. And because it's that 1911 design, it's a really nice, fits in your hand well. Yep. This thing's going to be 15 rounds. It's going to be a cool little production gun. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see it. Not out till like June, July, but yeah, we've got, we're going to have a couple of those. There's a steel and an aluminium frame coming. And JJ Ricasa was in front of me in the queue. The Mr. Speedster, you know, and mm. I'm like, Ooh, let's see how he shoots a sucker, you know. Right. And he like that, he gave him two magazines as well, you know. So <laughs> he rattled them off, and I, you know, it was, it was good watching. I was like, What do you think? He's like, It's cool, I like it. Yeah. So, um, so pistols, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, because we don't have a go with the Glock and you 19x, yep. you know, and it's like, Well, I could have just done that at home, you know. Mm. Um, and it's great for the company because they should have done it, but you know, I just grabbed my 19 and my 17 and Yep. Mm, look at that yep. <laughs> created a new product so it wasn't exactly exciting it shot like a Glock so that's fine that's, that is what it is um, we had a go with a um, uh, with one of the belt fed ARs and you know potentially if you rip off a belt with 7 rounds on it and it's ACAT it, it, it goes on any um, it goes on any receiver so just no. throw it on a semi-auto I think you could potentially get like, I don't know what the ARs are going to think yeah. about, we'll see um well, is the belt a magazine? No, oh, you can put magazines in it too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's actually innovative and it got pretty hard use, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. You know, when they're just ripping off, yeah, that's about, you know, 20 it's rounds where they're yeah, ripping off links and giving you the tenant setting in the queue. Uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of Creed Moors and, you know, larger calibers coming out now. Mm. Um, not just with ARs, but there's huge number of, um, Huge number of manufacturers doing good things. That Vortex come out with a, a couple of nice upgrades to scopes. You know, mm. like you get your um. I heard lighter and shorter was sort yeah, of like the, the you know the HD Razor and the, it's got a Gen Two E now, and it's noticeable. I think it's gone from like two fifty down to two hundred ounces or something, something like that. Anyway, mm. it's sort of like a quarter less, and it's like that. The only thing about that that scope was its weight, yep. and it's got lighter, and you go like. How do you make something really good better? Well, they did it because that's all they needed to do. Mm. Um, so you know that was that was one good thing. Vortex are like a they're a pretty cool company. Their, their booth is probably one of the coolest ones in the sense that when you go in there, they've got these glass cases, all the all the scopes that people have broken, oh, right. and they're like, look at this guy, he burned this, and his car burned down, and and look at it, you know, spotting scopes all melted, and the and then there's another one where some the dog ate it, and. A, tank drove over it and they're like you know what we do we gave a new one it's like you break it you you, you bugger it so it can't be used we'll just give you a new one it's mm. cool um love the company <laughs> yeah there's a lot of nine mil uh, ars coming out mm. and they're luckily all going to glock mags now so like you know pws that we represent they came out with one and they you know it's got last round hold open as well which a lot of the early ones didn't mm. right um yep. and then um so that's quite good. A lot of ARs and, and pistol caliber carbines. Two mm. um, A armaments had this very cool twenty two barrel. Nothing really revolutionary about what they did, except that these guys make. They got like seven of these guys making about a hundred ARs a month and a fully automatic. Like the whole place is robots. They don't do any manual stuff. They mm. just 
turn the machines on, run them for 40 hours, which takes two days. And that's that's it. Mm. And everything in there is just super lightweight. You know, so if it's not titanium, it's aluminium with the guts cut out of yep. it. Um, and, the you know, the head engineer there was building jet boat, racing jet boats. And so he's, he's a bit of a maniac when it comes to cutting yep. crap out of things. But they had this 22 barrel um, aluminium with a stainless sleeve. So oh. it's super lightweight. You pick up the hole because their AR receivers are exceptionally light anyway. Yeah. And the whole AR weighed like three and a quarter pound. And it was just, you could hold it on two fingers. So for 22s, yeah. the barrels come as a kit. So we've got yep. the barrels and the bolts are titanium steel. So, um, yeah, they do lots of good stuff. If you want lightweight parts, like, you know, um, their, their pins for the ARs are titanium, but then they drill a hole through them. So it's like, well, how do you make that? How do you, how do you make that lighter? We'll just drill a hole through it. You so know, an ultra light, like the ultra so light hikers, yeah, you just cut the handle off your toothbrush. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, they're, that's what they're into. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Barrett's like, they, they revised the MRED range. So that's, um, they kind of uh, amalgamated a couple of versions. And, um, yeah, Barrett was, they were, they were excited with the number of Barretts coming down into the mm. country. They were super excited. I think New Zealand in particular, our company had, the guy was, uh, the rep was just hopping. When mm. we went in there, he was like, you guys just sold so many ARs last year. How did you do that? Oh, well, New Zealanders love ARs and they love Barrett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a match made in heaven, right? So, <laughs> so okay. This is easy. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a good time for whatever the whatever your particular discipline is for the the sports shooting. It's a good time to be in it because there is a lot of innovation going on. There's mm. a lot of companies, you know, the big companies are realizing they need to be innovative to still remain relevant. They've got to be um, the small ones are picking up. Even the big ones have learned that they need to be quite flexible, mm. and so you'll see them now. They'll see a trend. You know, like the precision rifle, and you see, you know, companies starting to bring out, big companies bring out precision rifles. Little ones are doing yep. different things. And so uh, companies that find a niche are going to do really well. Cool. So, you know, as I was saying, like 2A armaments, like they don't, the ARs don't look any, they look exactly like everybody else ARs. They don't really like cut holes in them or stuff like that. But it's the functionality. So cool. they don't have to be uh, F1 firearms. Like they look really cool. Yeah. Um, the other nice thing about that company is like they make eighty percent or plus of their product in house. So mm. they're profiling barrels and that all the little parts are manufactured there, safeties and stuff. So you know, if if companies find a niche that they and they can set themselves up to do very well, then the longevity's there. Yeah. If they if they're just gonna set up and smash out some receivers, they're not gonna be there long because mm. anybody can smash out receivers. Anyway. <laughs> Comment Frank made. Have CNC will travel. Well, it's interesting. We're having a conversation with. I've heard it a couple of times now about manufacturing in China and how, um, you know, if you set up plants, you can set up plants in other countries if you yeah. spend the money. Then the actual manufacturing cost is the same. Right. So, you know what I mean. So a machine's a machine. Yeah. Once you paid the money, you got the machine. If it's in America or New Zealand or China, so I think the manufacturing process is now like. You know, mm. Bert with his 3D printed suppressors. I mean, um, you know, you need you need the, the intellectual know-how to know yeah. how to print to a suppressor so and design. Is, yeah, it removes a labour right. component, which has been the cheap part almost. Exactly. So now we're getting flexibility. Also, you know, we're still in a bit of a reductive kind of process where, you know, they're getting billets and, 
Mm. Um, Electrical manufacturer. You know, like say, put a put a machine wherever you like. The advantage for that is that you find a country where the rules and the exports and the, all the rest of it line up better. Yeah, the flights, the yep. transportation, logistics, and everything to get stuff here, and then you know, mm. hey, presto. Well, we found that dealing. Funnily enough, getting our um, product out of Italy, mm. um, especially like Brescia, that valley where you've got Team Foglio. You've got um, Breda that, you know, those are in Ghost Holster, the three companies that we deal with in that one city. But when you drive up the road to go and visit them, you're driving past Beretta, you know, and Fair and all these yep. other companies and all the companies, because they've got a proof house, so they all, but the, but then the yeah. exporting is really easy because they're used to exporting firearms. Yeah. And so we get, it actually costs us less to bring it in from there and it's quicker than it is from the States. Yep. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've even found that they talk cold. They talk cold. Nice cars yeah. and shit. So. Make good coffee. Sometimes <laughs> a bit cold is the only thing. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Chris, coming up at the club. Any big events coming up? What's the, um, what's the sort of rough club calendar looks like at the moment? Well, we've just appointed all section directors, so that will bring uh, um, Speed Steel is coming. So all the gear is there. We're getting the stands. have just gone to the platers today. They're coming back in a gold colour. Nice. So they'll be looking extra sexy. Um, so, yeah, the speed steel. And I think that will actually be very popular. Yeah. So people who have not had an opportunity to do that, there's a lot of shooting, not That's a lot of waiting around. It's fast, and fast transition. Mm. You look at all the top guys that have who are good, like Max Michelle and um, Casey Ubio and all those guys that yep. shoot speed steel. Um, th- those skills, you know, you know, it, it's about one shot, one hit, transition fast, um, and um, consistency. Five consistent runs take your best four, sort of thing. So mm. it's good. I think it, it translates well into other sorts of things. So speed steel. We've got the police biathlon, which I was telling you about, which will be that sort of cool multi fitness challenge thing that um, should appeal. Um, Need the mud channel to climb. The mud channel and all sorts of tough guy challenges and stuff. Um, Don't get your glock, dude. Yeah, all the mud and the... (laughs) We've got our regular matches. The mini rifle has been very popular. Yep. Um, And for us, it was just, it was somebody sort of said, oh, what about mini rifle? And we're like, well, it's... But it's good because what it offers members is the ability to get straight into something as soon as they join the club. So you join with an A, go out, buy all the gear. Yeah. Fifteen round capacity on a twenty two. So you're not gonna be stuck at seven rounds trying and to shoot. It's like a, it's know. like shooting production pistol course of fire. You mm-hmm. know, it's fifteen yeah. rounds. So you exactly. You yep. can mix up squads, you know, and they can actually see people shooting production. Yep. Pistol, oh, the first time I went there, this guy's basically with a stock standard 1022, you get yep. an extra magazine, so you got 10 two round, uh, 10, two 10 round magazines, yep. something suitable optics-wise on top of it, and you got something yep. you can go have a day of shooting. Everyone seems to enjoy it, you know, it's good, it's, um, you know, you don't have to reload, yep. ammo costs not, diff- you know, high, a lot of juniors getting into that now mm. as well, so... So that's been really popular. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of stuff. Um, there's um, the Action Pistol guys got a couple of plate racks there. We're getting some barricades made. Um, that is also going to be another thing that will make a, I think, will make a bit more of a resurgence. 
because we are finding that there is, let's just say, aging population. But you know, there's 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 a thing where not everybody is an it six shooter. Yeah, you yep. know, so some people still want action, but they don't want to run around. They don't yeah. enjoy the dynamics, so it doesn't suit their character or whatever. That's know. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, three hundred meter range will open. That's going to open up to a whole lot of things, and everybody's waiting on that. Um, you know, and that is coming. That range is just going to be a flop, I can tell you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it'll never come to shit. No, but it'll never come there because I'll be the eye on the dog. <laughs> Closed for the club president. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's that's looking good. I mean, the, 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 only, the reason why it's, it's, it hasn't opened yet, all the earthworks and everything is done, is um, we're just, you know, being arranged with so many members, we have to make sure that it's got all the proper safety stuff. Yeah. So um, the overhead baffles are needed so that no rain, no, you know, no rounds can go upwards out of the range. Mm. Um, and, but it's going to be great. I mean, it offers you the distance of 1,500, 200, and 300, yep. um, uh, which, you know, seven day a week access. So for a lot of people that will just be, you know, great. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of good things. we 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 always got to kind of remind ourselves that we've only been open seven months, so mm-hmm. so so if, uh, you know, and and a lot's been achieved in seven months, and we continue to to do stuff. So, you know, the rain shelters will be built, um, uh, the permanent stuff. So get rid of all of the sort of temporary stuff that's there, um, and that will look, you know, just tidy up the place a bit mm-hmm. more and and things and. And stuff. So yeah, it's 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 definitely coming along. It's a lot of hard work all the time, always pushing and mm. and things. But um, you know, we're growing another hundred members. So uh, the rifle range, I think, is gonna bring in a number of members, and we just have to kind of balance that number off so that we don't go crazy, and then there's just too much things. Yep. So we. You know, we're, we're, we're sort of trying to expand at the rate, but at the moment the memberships are all open, so mm. it's a good time. Uh, mm. Website, for people wanting to get more info? Uh, www.aucklandshootingclub.org.nz so, yeah, yeah. So if you, um, or, or if you go onto Google and just Google Auckland Shooting Club, yeah. you know, we'll come up. Um, and if you want to join, you can go to the website, click on Join the Club. If you want to visit first, you can click on the website and go visit the club. <laughs> and if you're a member, you can go to the website and click on the member section. So hopefully fairly explanatory. But, um, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more people coming out to visit and yeah. having a look around and, and that, which has been really good. Uh, one thing, which I know you've just said, go on the website, click on visit. But if somebody wants to come out and visit, they need to book that in or can they just rock up on a day? Um, so the range is, is closed unless you're a member. Yeah. Um, so you need to book a visit to come out because the gate's closed. Okay. So, um, but if you if you go online, the visitor times are there. We opened up some more slots after the SHOT Show, so it's a good time to go. Yeah. Uh, sorry, SHOT Expo. So it's a good time to, to jump on there because there's some visit slots during the week now okay. as well. Yep. Um, um and hopefully give some people some more choice to get out there um yeah but that's that's the best way to kind of come and have a look you know suss it all out um if you're sure you want to join just go back on the website join up yeah join that way yeah 
Oh, it's good, man. It's all it's all very well having all these guns and toys, but if you've got nowhere to shoot them, you're kind of you know limited. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, you need the in a the, controlled space. You so. need the facility and that sort of yeah. thing for the sports to survive. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know, like Brent was saying, is that the council don't seem to be interested mm. in these things. Well, not very forward thinking like Tauranga and that, where they kind of go, hey, these things aren't going to go away. People want to do burnouts. They want to go and do these things and. Mm. Let's just put them all together, yeah. and then they're all happy. We're yep. all happy. Everybody's happy. What a good exactly. answer! Whereas in Auckland, you know, you you go as far as you can away from everybody else, but still can't seem to be far enough away. Mm. And um, there's always yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> could go, could return. Prodigal son return. Return home. Yeah. Um, and and but it, you you need it. We've just we've seen it with the the influx of people who have kind of come in Mm. um and you know more facilities and more things is there's as we were saying before about numbers in Auckland you know conservatively if we went 80 60 20,000 people well Mm. you know these people got to kind of find somewhere to go to Take the rifles in to do their things, whatever they've got to well, do. Well, it's, mm. it's always my thing has been if, if you don't provide that facility, then people are still going to want to do it, and that's where they end up on the back of somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Without the controls, without the supervision, without the other things put in place. So yeah. That's what people, that is the alternative. That is what mm. people are doing. Yeah. So provide yeah. them some way to do it that's a little bit more organised and controlled, and they'll flock to it. Yeah. That's right, they're all actually doing it up in back around. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the range, we'll get here, other people shooting all around us. <laughs> As I've stated before, there's actually quite a long history of shooting competitions in the Macarau area. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've been here a number of private ranges. Mighty big calibers, too. So it's when people start complaining, it's like it's been happening for a long time up here. Yeah. That's right. And they drove myself deaf at one though, but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so uh, Brent, Guns NZ. Yeah, it's going to be another big year actually. Um, like what we try to do every year is to bed down some new products or products that we think, you know, to fill voids. And this year I think like we started, as you know, we started with the bolt action, getting mm-hmm. into the longer range stuff. But, you know, Jim and um, Jim's actually got a great pedigree in that with his mm. F-class stuff. He understands it. And I mean, we're, you know, hunters and stuff. So yep. But yeah, so um, chassis... Uh, KRG chassis, that's all sorted. So just got to get those down. Surgeon, you know, we've ordered a couple of demo guns to bring mm-hmm. down, which you and I are going to work on yep. this year. Um, and of course, with the chassis, we're going to run some demo guns. So we're going to have to choose what we're going to put on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be another nice, fun little thing to oh, do. The challenges. Uh, optics as well. Well, you know, it's just a matter of um, trying to pick some optics to throw on them as well. That's going to be fun. Yep. Um, what else? Pistols, well, we're just trying to, uh, we're just going to make sure we keep building up the, the current stock of STIs mm. and tank fogs and again, bed down with uh, Ghost and, um, and, and Guba Rebus from the Brazilian guys. Like, we, we're still stocking up with those guys, yep. getting all the stock levels up. Um, and then ARs, will um, we're moving to CMMG for our main, uh, for our main line. So, the, okay. the, the yep. starting lineup, they got a really big, um, range you know from 22s and pistol caliber right up to the big stuff so um and even some of that some of that mutant so they got their mutant range of 760 39s um but and they're a great company like their little company i used to, when i used to go and shoot bianca cup and in, in uh in columbia there you know they're, they're in missouri 
Yeah. You just get a black rifle and, and you'd go, have you got one of those? No, nah, I haven't got one of those. But I'd get it for you this afternoon. I'll just drive over to the, because on the other <laughs> side of town was where they're manufacturing them, you know. Um, but now they've just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. And the old shed apparently is still there where they manufacture, but now they're in the brand new facilities. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's going to be another thing. And then I guess... Um, I think some of those things like the rifles are going to take a couple of years to bed down. Mm. Um, and then really it's just, you know, we've we've been through a lot of growth, so we're sort of, um, we, we, we've got to do justice to the yeah. distributorships that we've picked up now and start looking at getting some of the product more available in New Zealand. That would be, we've started that already. Um, I mean, any of the dealers listening, you just, you know, you can contact us um, for the distributorships. So, you know, like Breda and mm. obviously the Typhoon, the F12s and stuff, yep. ha- making them available to the shooters. So, you know, we do have um, part of our crew in, in Christchurch and obviously Rotorua and Auckland-based. Um, Tauranga as well, we've got you know, guys there that are part of our crew that can either get guns um, for, for demos or, mm. um, or we travel a lot, you know. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, we're still quite a young company too. We're mm. only, you know, several years old, but, you know, everybody in it is a big, you know, we've all got a lot of experience and yep. a, lot, a lot behind us. So, you know, it's not like we're going anywhere. We know where we need to be going. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we just got to watch that trend. Like the Braders was like this, I was, I was, um, it was just like 18 months ago. It was sort of like looking for for us to actually find a, a shotgun to use for three gun, multi-gun for, you know, standard and modified division. You know, you, you, the Benelli M2 was a go-to gun, but we were tricking out Mosbergs and, you know, Versamaxes and stuff. And and then I'm kind of like, you know, we not necessarily stumble across, but we get to the point where we start working with Breda who use the same inertia system as a Benelli M2. Mm. And in the factory, you know, um, that they're actually cutting out all the port loading port, adding in longer lifters and all the other stuff on the gun. And you know, I'm saying to Jim, this is a winner 18 months ago. You know, this is so we start working, we get our demo guns here. I go to shot show, demo guns have only been in the country like three weeks or something, and they're already doing more modifications to them <laughs> to improve them even more. And when I get to shot, like because the Breda, the Breda rep, um, I, I was lucky enough to visit the factory after the. Uh, pistol wheels in France. I went down to Italy and and toured it. And he said something big's coming, you know, in America. I'm like, cool. So we go to the booth, and you know, um, Keith Garcia's there with his Breda. And I'm like, where's the Terran Tactical, bro? You know, where's your M2? He's What's like, nah, here, buddy? Nah, I'm shooting for Breda. And I'm like, well, what are you thinking? He's like, oh man, I took this sucker out to the range of 2,000 rounds, you know, as a pro shooter does. Yeah. And, and we just like, you know, Went hard all day. And then he says, end of the day, plate rack, 12 yards, 1.3 seconds, you know, six plates with this thing. And he goes, that's the fastest I've ever done it with my M2 from Terran mm. Tactical. Cost twice as much. And yeah. He said, this I just pulled it out of the, then he went third, just pulled it out of the box and just ran it hard all day. Love it. They're on a winner. So so I was like, bang, hit that one out of the park, you know. <laughs> but that, that guy, so that lovely little company doing good yeah. stuff, you know. Different size than Benelli, but basically same product but it's mm. all tricked up mm. so you know guy can just and this is what we love doing it's like the typhoons were the same they were just that hit out of the park the guy just buys a rig yeah. how many more mags do you want we had mag pouches made you just the whole thing they run um so that's when you feel good because you know what people want 
and you go and find a hole and 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 you know there was there will be a lot more people now shooting open division shotgun because there is something that's affordable and it works. Yeah. It's been a big hole for years, and so a lot of the sport doesn't grow because these holes don't get filled. I mean, Chris knows that with like CZ Shadow when you know he dealt with that, and you know the same with like brands like Tang Foglio, fantastic brand, like so many world championships with those pistols, but just not available. Mm-hmm. So we stock them. You know, you, you fork up and you have 30, 40 guns available for people to see and handle and and buy when they want want it, and then. Uh, it does the brand justice, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you sort of need both parts. You need the events and the competitions because they draw the, you know, the then the gear and all the rest of it. Like they go hand in hand. Mm. And you know what we've we've found is if you put an event on, then people will go and they'll get gear and stuff like that to compete. In. It's like yep. you know the classic example is the. Um, Tupperware cup, <laughs> yep. you know. Oh, I don't have a torch for my Glock. I don't <laughs> even have a Glock. Well, I'll go and buy a Glock and a torch and everything else. What for? Just to shoot that match yep. because it's on on a regular basis. And yep. that, you know, at, at the club, we're the same thing. Is just, um, you know, find that there's an interest there, and um, you know, these the interest is sort of. It's a bit like the hidden myth with the 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 gear is. You're never too sure, but people tend to gravitate towards the stuff they like doing. Mm. And as a shooter, you kind of know, you know, and that's why I'm I would not probably like to shoot this sort of stuff. Exactly. Other people you probably know, like, like when to you, shoot this you, sort of stuff. You know, you would have got that vibe with mini rifle, right? You, yeah. You, you know, you looked at it, you get the vibe. It's the same with me. I'm going to order like, you know, hundreds of holsters. Yeah. Right. You you kind of look at it and you go. Like that's the right vibe, yeah. And you, but like you said, you're never quite sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, and what I hate is, is I especially like because obviously with firearms, you, you get you get one of each down, and you give it to the armorer to get approved, and then they're all gone. And like mm. sometimes they've come back and customers have picked them up, and I'm like to see the gym, like, can you just keep that one so I come and have a look at it, you know? Because yeah. I ordered that, and I might have tricked it around a bit, yeah. And I never even get to see it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we had some demo guns brought back for the shot expo that um, customers had that I have never <laughs> actually seen until they were actually up on the wall. Could borrow it back for a yeah, minute, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you hit that out of the park. Yeah. You know, that's, but I think it's been like a, a good example of it is like with that the mini rifle now is even mm-hmm. so you're looking at 22. So now you've got there's more field shoots coming out that are based yeah. around 22. You've got mini yeah. rifle based around 22, and you've got yeah. your more traditional 22 target shooting. Well now yeah. now it's like three different 22s. Yeah. We have people coming to our events as well, and yeah. after they shoot it, they go, "Yeah, I just need to change this, or I don't maybe need this scope on there. I just want to yeah. change, you know, or I don't really need the big expensive." target rifle to hmm. bash through a barricade yeah um and people are off thinking about another little build for this this particular event yeah and there's and there's new things coming out as well we're trying to bring um like rimfire challenge and that was um it's like speed steel and it's like mixed together mm-hmm. so you shoot it with a 22 pistol or 22 rifle and um the steel don't have to be in a specific pattern right you know yep. like speed steel so you get the variety because they just set up when people drag them out and put them down that's where they're going to be <laughs> and you know one of them's a stop plate but 
it's in in the states. It's become it was sort of like their brainchild to bring in new shooters. Yeah, and it's shot from static position, no reload, done with the twenty two. Bring your kids along mm, where you yeah. go, and it's been super successful over there. And I imagine it'll be the same sort of thing because unlike shooting um, paper, when you shoot a steel target, it's just got like a, a total different. Total mass. It's total mass. Yeah. It's instant feedback. It's, it's gratifying because there's a yeah. bit of a noise and everything. Give him a chub a chub at the same time. You're happy as Larry. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mean, right? Sugar yeah, instant and gratification and a chub yeah. chub. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's the good. I think the more twenty two sh- competition that's available because a lot of people the the only reason they've ever had a twenty two was for shooting bunnies or positive, you know, yeah. pest control. Yeah. But now to use it more in competition because it's so cheap, it's so mm. accessible, it's something that kids can get involved in because yeah. they're, they're lightweight, easy to handle, no recoil, yeah. you know, um, and then that can become a feeder for the other shooting. Well, I think that's well. exactly that's right. That's the other part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think though that you know I think. Um, that, well, to my mind anyway, that especially the last five years, but maybe over this last decade, that shooting sports have really, that, that there's a, a faster and faster pace to the growth of um, of the huge amount of, of interesting, diverse shooting sports. Like, you know, mm. down in South Island particularly, there's all those long-range clubs that are yep. starting and they're growing, obviously. And then, you know, Pistol New Zealand, like pistols, it's been growing, but just the whole three gun, multi gun, mm-hmm. and then you know, like a lot of the like your twenty two shoots. I mean, they're just like yep. you know, you they're growing. You want you want more of <laughs> that's them. That's it, and I think it's uh, and I don't know. That's why I wonder if it's more the the practical or the field side of things that people just see an instant accessibility to it, and then then they may head off. I was talking to the the guys at shooting stuff who do the ISSF. I think it is the very mm. traditional style shooting and they love the idea of the field shooting because it gets people into competition and then they mm. might realize well actually I, I saw this I, I think that's quite cool I want to get into that or mm. you know they might get into bench rest or they might get into long range or they might get into you know these different these different things that might be a bit more specialized or traditional it doesn't, it doesn't it seem to me them. like any any sports uh, any shooting sports are waning it doesn't seem no. like any of them they all seem to be quite solid, mm. if if static, but that most of them seem to be growing. Mm. Most of them seem to have a huge interest. Mm. Good times. Mm. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks, Gary. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no swearing, I don't think. I don't think I don't know. Beep, 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 beep. The outtake thing. <laughs> Just sit there with a big red beeping light. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Trigonometry Podcast. Please make sure you visit our site at precisionshooter.info where you'll find show notes, additional links and a pile of extra information including competitions and updates on events near you. While you're there, pop over to our Facebook and Instagram pages where you'll see regular updates on the goings-on in the precision shooting community in New Zealand. The way that this show grows is through people like you. So please, share on Facebook. And if you know someone who's into shooting and may be interested in checking this out, flick them over a link. And if you're listening to this through a podcast aggregator or some form of app, make sure you leave us a review. It really makes a difference. Thanks again to The Gear Locker and all our additional supporters. And most importantly, thank you, the listener. Without you guys, none of this could happen. 
talk soon. Bye for now. Go have a shoot. <laughs>